welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will feature a range of creatives from the tri-state area who are young visionaries and who contribute to their craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host Remy Leibovic speaks with Lexi Vito, a classically trained pianist, educator, and active musician. As a classically trained musician, Lexi lends her musical abilities to various projects such as accompanying opera singers, live streaming shows, singing covers, as well as performing for weddings and events. As a recording artist, Lexi can be heard on the Victory Drive single, Pop the Champagne, and her EP entitled Piano EP. You can learn more about her and her other projects in the show notes of this episode. Enjoy. everyone welcome back to Gigless, the podcast that is about showcasing the work of tri-state creatives who have lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic today I am joined by musician Lexi Vito who is from North Jersey hi Lexi hi what's up so Lexi we're definitely living in strange times and I would just like you to tell our audience about yourself (laughs) and these strange times yeah, this is a crazy time. Um, I'm a musician from New Jersey. I'm 22 years old. Uh, I'm a pianist and singer. I'm a new singer, but um, I grew up playing piano. I started lessons when I was six years old. I studied piano performance. I'm classically trained. I studied at Westminster Choir College, and I play for the Victory Drive, and I've toured across America. Now I'm studying, I'm studying classical piano, trying to get my master's. So I'm doing that now. All my classes are switched to online classes. I'm still trying to adjust and yeah, I I teach. I make my living off of my music. I, before all of this, I was juggling like five different jobs. It was definitely my my best I was ever doing. Now that's like cut to maybe 15% of that. I've just been teaching some students. A lot of them have dropped out because they can't afford it. And I was accompanying an opera singer and that was a really cool experience before all of this. Now that, I can't do that anymore. Um, I was also teaching at a preschool. Can't do that anymore. That was really fun. What else? You were Um, doing so much. I was really doing a lot, like, and gigs on top of that. I really haven't had a break. Like, I wrote in my journal, like, a few weeks ago. I just need one day off. But I didn't mean for it to be like this. Like, I did not wish this. Yeah, I've been jerked. I've, I've definitely been journaling as a means of coping with this whole thing, but like, I want to spice up like my journals. So I don't just say what I did during the day. I say like my thoughts and like what's going on and stuff, but like to document it, but like definitely not, I'm not as consistent. <laughs> right. Me too. I, I recently just started journaling because I was having a hard time like expressing myself through words and I I really want to start writing lyrics I've never 
really written much with lyrics, so I figured journaling would be my best bet. And it actually has helped me so much, like just documenting what happens to me. Right. And so can you tell people that are listening that don't know what an accompaniment is with the opera singer? What was that like? Oh, of course. Um, just to be an accompanist means to support someone who is like a, a lead person, like a singer would need an accompanist. So I would play maybe like little chords and or whatever music that is in the background. So I'm not at the forefront. So I also do that with my bandmate, Jamie. He's the lead singer and then I accompany him and do backup vocals. You can hear that on Spotify, we're streaming. Yeah, I'll definitely put all of your links in the show notes so that people under like people know where to find you because that's very important. So, you know, you were making your living as an artist, as a creative person, a musician, uh, and you had like five gigs to support yourself. And now for our listeners who are new, is this what creatives do? Is this what musicians and professionals often do in your industry? I would say definitely my friends who are in the classical music scene. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in a, a mix of everything. I just do what I can for experience because I'm not really sure what exactly I want to focus in on later on after mm-hmm. I'm done with school. So like I do some, some musical theater stuff as well. Wait, so, where was I going with this? Uh, that, so you're juggling a lot of different gigs to supplement for your income, right. basically. And how do you think that the industry is going to be affected by this? How do you think the music industry, especially the local music industry, is going to be affected by this? I think it's going to be really hard for a lot of people already because most people just either they're having church like playing out and and teaching teaching you could do at home so if you're a teacher you're kind of good but as far as just playing for your living I don't know live streams have been more prevalent I've done like maybe three live streams now and people are super supportive of it but like this is a really rough time. Most people have other jobs. Right. So that leads me to my next question. You know, how are you adjusting to this? Honestly, I'm just trying to stay with all the routines that I've already made and just trying to keep it as normal as I possibly can because this is really weird everyone in my house is just here all the time and like I I play piano I'm super loud I don't know how I'm affecting them my sister is teaching we have like a pretty small house so it's kind of crazy oh absolutely I don't doubt that you know a lot of people are either moving back in with their parents or they're you know they're making deals with their landlords there's a lot of confusion right now in people's living situations especially when you have to when you're all working from home you know if there's three people in the household that have to work from home I can imagine that it's just a crazy 
situation, especially if you have a small house and the, and the walls are thin, you know, you, you have overlap with sound, especially with a piano that's very loud as well. Yeah, I'm kind of annoying. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so taking a, a, so how has this shift changed your art? Like, are you, do you, you mentioned routine. Do you have to switch your routine? Do you have to switch when you play? Like, how are you, how is this impacting your music? Well, I would say that um, I'm definitely practicing more than I've been able to, which is kind of nice. Uh, I think my piano teacher is pretty happy with that. But other than that, I've been just trying to keep everything the same. Like, I don't have to commute now to school. So, like, during commute time, maybe. I'll, I'll play some new songs or, you know, try to better my craft. Right. And where did you go to, where are you getting your master's again? I'm at um, New Jersey City University. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely a, a hotbed of activity right now. Well, COVID activity. At right. least, yeah, the whole North Jersey, New York that whole like that whole shoreline basically is is very you know it's it's interesting because you see such especially upper bergen county and those parts of hudson you, you used to see so much in the music scene you used to see so much in the art scene out there and basically when this whole thing happened all that within an instant you know went away and as a college student you know can you tell us what was that like to know that you know how did the community re react to that well I, I can only really speak for my school because I'm not too involved in the Jersey City music scene over there but my mm -hmm. school really handled it really well I mean they made the change to online classes really quickly um they've been updating us before I even know knew what COVID was like They've been really on top of it. So Jersey City is a really, really cool place to be. And I really miss it. Right. And so, you know, that brings me to another question. You know, your whole schedule is kind of flipped. Your whole, really everyone's life is just kind of, you know, like just been totally rearranged. How are you coping with that emotionally and mentally? I feel really like just bummed out if I see the news on TV like my parents put the news on so much and I just I know right I can't <laughs> right so you're not watching you're not your media intake is a lot less yeah I'm trying to stay away from watching news and like trying to avoid going on Facebook too much because it gets scarier every day. Like I think today was what ten thousand deaths in New York. Like yes, and for context to those of you listening, today's date is uh, April fourteenth. So when we release this episode, if we, if that number and statistic has changed, we she only said that because that's the knowledge that we have today, and it is currently. Um, 
it's currently 2.27 p.m. when we're recording this, so the statistics and the numbers may have been skewed. So that's just an update. We don't, uh, we don't stand by those statistics because those, these numbers are consistently changing. But you're right, it is scary. These numbers are scary and they are constantly shifting and changing and the way that the media is reporting on it it's it's very hard for creative people because i feel that musicians and artists and performers like there is an emotional element to what we do especially can you tell us a little bit about classical music and channeling that so classical music is a little bit um a little bit different because it's not like you can learn a song in a day like you're working with big works that you're working on for months and months and months and it requires hours and hours and hours of practice so i've been working on pieces since september that i don't even feel comfortable performing so this is like this is probably being quarantined is probably great for classical musicians. But on the other hand, I also do pop music and I can see that after a while, like people are gonna be writing so many songs and it's all gonna be about being home and like missing people. And I feel like that's just gonna be a dead end. Like we're gonna be sick of hearing these kind of songs after a while because we're living through it. and that's what we're experiencing. So classical music is a little bit like, it's kind of best case scenario for this situation. Right. And, you know, it's a lot of emotion that goes into a lot of the classical music, correct? Right. You can be very creative with it because I play piano. So the music I'm working on has no words. So it's really up to my interpretation of what, what what I want to think about when I play. And just thinking like in September when I started learning these pieces, I was not in quarantine. I was out living my life, like experiencing new things. Now, like the pieces that I'm playing mean totally different things. Can you give me an example of a piece and how it's changed for you? Sure. Um, so when I started school in September. I was in a pretty low place, actually. And like, I started working on this piece that I found really happy. I thought it would like really bring me joy throughout my time at grad school. And it's very, it's very cheery. It's by Haydn. I don't know if you know that composer Haydn. And it's, it's really, really cute. And now when I play it, I, I think about the summertime and when I was really kind of like bummed out and I experienced all this new stuff and now I'm like kind of bummed out again. And it's just, it's been better for me to play it because it, it is really happy. It is a little bit like a spark of joy. So what's the name of the piece if the it's composer is hiding? It's a Haydn sonata and it's an A flat major. Okay. Very generic, like name. Haydn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to our musicians that are listening to that, I would hope that they would know that. 
Right. But, so, um, like composers, they'll write sonatas and they have numbers. And so right. you say like the sonata, this number, and it's in this key. Like that's how right. you, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing in response to all these? So you're, you're going back to that piece that brings you or is supposed to be bringing you joy. Are you doing anything else? Like any work? Any work? Um, I've been really just trying to get through this new right. new way of life. Like I'm still learning how to how to like manage online teaching. It's so different. And right. then online classes are another story because your teachers are giving you a million assignments. Why? Why are they giving so many assignments during this time? I really wish I could answer that. I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for all professors, but I do, I do know of some professors that uh, at different universities that are basically, a lot of universities have changed to pass fail. And some of them have just said, you know what, no matter what, I'm passing all my students because this is a traumatic incident for them to be producing when their whole foundation has been flipped over, you know, especially for creatives, creative people. Like if you're taking a painting class and you ran out of oil paint, all the painting stores are gone. There's no way that you're going to get like oil paints to finish your final pieces. That's you so know? great. What about all like the, the sculpture artists and oh yeah, people who need studios? What about, I don't know. Anybody so I, installs things like yeah so I can say I had a my so my minor was actually in sculpture and I can tell you right now I'm just painting terracotta pots I'm thinking about doing like a whole project based around terracotta pots and you know because that's what I can get at the store and they're like a dollar you know at my local store so that sculpture has always been working with what you have. Like one of the most famous sculptures, sculptors that I know, <coughs> she, uh, she, you know, was brought out to the East Coast by MoMA. Her name's Elizabeth Demeray, and she was a professor of mine. But I remember going dumpster diving with her for milk crates. <laughs> oh, wow. Like she does not buy, for the most part, she tries not to buy any of her materials for her re or for some of her recent works. And, you know, a lot of sculptures, a lot of sculptors just go like dumpster diving for the most part. Like, unless you got that grant money, like a lot of people do recycled works and eco works. Like that's a really big thing. So that's how, but if you don't have, you know, a place, a studio, a workspace to do it, it's a completely different, it's a completely different um, experience. But and I can only imagine how you're working on, you said that you, before this, you said that you are working in a home studio, right? Well, I have a room in my house that has my piano. So I guess it feels more like my studio. And then, um, well, thankfully I had some time to clean out this one storage space that we cleaned, we cleaned it out. So I put my keyboard in here. So I made it like a little makeshift studio. It's been really helpful because both me and my sister are teachers so we've been using this room I'm in this room now right 
And so has that helped you? Have you, do you feel like you're working with limited resources? I don't feel like I have limited resources because I do have my laptop, thankfully. My other one broke, so, but now I got, I got a new one. So that was good. If I didn't get it, oh, I'd be so screwed. You don't even know, so. Yes, everything, Gigalus is produced by two people, as you know, and Dane does all of the, the audio editing and I do all of the media uploading and I make all the graphics for us. And I've been working off an iPad Pro because mm -hmm. my computer at this point, it's like all of Adobe software has updated. So yeah, I totally understand um, working with limited resources and having the, and thank God that you have the technology, you know, yeah. to, to uphold that. A lot of people are, you know, uh, out of luck when it comes right. to that. And, you know, do you know, and this is just a, a, a deeper question, how are other musicians that you're friends with, how are they being affected by this? Like, speaking about being limited, talking about limited materials wise. Um, I would say that a, I could see a bunch of people really being affected, maybe, maybe more like singers being affected by this because a lot of them don't have have instruments and recording equipment like especially uh, classical classical singers they don't really um like production is not of concern in that field really so they can't go to the studio to record they can't be performing like operas and stuff like that I could see that being a real issue right and how so you know on a lighter note what's inspiring you now to keep going with your music um just the thought that like one day this will all be over and we will be going to concerts and we will be performing and seeing our families you know like weddings will be a thing i have some some wedding dates that i have to play at already i mean it's too soon to tell if if they will happen when they are scheduled to happen but it's like a light at the end of the tunnel right and that's that's great that you have hope and that you have f future gigs booked you know, I'm definitely right there with you that I hope that we're able to see it through. I, I know that we will make it through this all together. I just believe that, you know, I'm happy that there's people still calling you up and being like, well, you're still playing at my wedding in the future. You know, that's excellent. Yeah, thank God. I mean, so many concerts have gotten canceled. I, I have tickets to go see Justin Bieber in September. It's postponed. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely, yeah, there was a bunch of concerts that I wanted to buy tickets for, and I'm kind of happy that I didn't, because I was lazy with it. I was like, oh, I'm not going to buy them. I'm not going to buy them. I'll buy them, like, later. I kept postponing it, and then guess what? Everyone's postponed now, so. I was feeling um, really bad. There was um, a Doja Cat tour coming. Yeah, I was, I was like, supposed to go for that. 
I wanted to buy tickets to that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to buy tickets. Like, I guess I just had an intuitive feeling about it. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, my, I was supposed to go see Cupcake and Doja Cat and all those other people. Um, I have a very eclectic music taste. So I listen to like everything. Um, to my dad that's listening right now, don't listen to either of those artists. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I want to say, like, you know, where do you see yourself in the near future? Like, where, where do you, what do you see yourself going towards as an artist, as a musician? Definitely to record more music. Definitely more pop music. Do more stuff with the Victory Drive, you know, tour, all that stuff. Right. And, you know are you going to have a different way of exploring now? Are you going to take more advantage of studio hours? Does your school, because I know that you're in your master's program, are you going to take every opportunity that you get, like grab everything because you had nothing for so long? I think definitely as much as I can do, I will do. And I will go to every restaurant and eat their food and like you know I just want to support all of the, the small businesses that I haven't been able to and yeah know. I have a I have a nail shop that I'm going to hit up as soon as this whole thing is done I know I've been like dying I want a gel manicure so bad oh my goodness can you have a manicure as a pianist and especially when you play guitar um I can't get acrylics because then I can't have long nails. So right. if it's gel, it's just over my regular nail. And that's that's the best because it doesn't chip even when I'm playing piano. Okay. Just for context, because there's a lot of male listeners, just so they know yeah. the difference. Right. It's like a radioactive, like, I don't know, UV ray thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what you use to go into the tanning salon bed, but for your hands and nails. Right. I don't know. You definitely <laughs> should be wearing sunblock when you put your hands on those things. Yeah, I but, definitely should. But yeah, no, I had to take my nails off myself. I had acrylics on. I had to take them off myself. And that was like three hours. I mean, I was watching all these Drag Race episodes, so I was good. But it um, it you know what? It didn't hurt because I, I soaked them with the acetone. And to get back to our... But, you know, these are just little things that we used to take for granted so much you know and I think that now like all these small businesses all these services like you know I think that a lot of people like the one way that you can support small businesses is buying gift cards and saving them for later and you know it helps them it gives them the money to keep afloat and like one of my favorite hair salons in Philadelphia I bought like a pin from them because they're using that they're they're asking for all those types of donations and those types of things what do you think do you think that musicians could have that like oh buy my you know merch or ep or something in this time i think do you think that musicians um didn't um Bandcamp do something recently where all the uh, anybody who sold music that day got a hundred percent of the profits i i did buy some music on there um, I have been trying to buy people's merch. I, I think I'm going to hold off like a little bit before that because of the germs. Like I, I'm a little bit scared. Right. 
but I I'm planning to buy so much merch. Yes, because merch is the only way that musicians really get 100% of the profits when they tour, right? Yeah. You should definitely buy every every kind of merch item you can from bands that you like because they get that money. That that is you directly supporting them. Right. And what else do you want to tell our audience of how you they can support bands during this time or independent musicians during this time? Um, definitely show up to live streams, you know, tip, tip a little bit if you can. If you can't, just sh- share, share everything. Like, go give them a like, go give them a share, post them in your story, you know. That's the right. best way, exposure. You don't know, th- you might share your a post of somebody's and like someone seeing that might go and buy their t-shirt, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, we're getting to the end of our show here. We're getting to the time cap. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, Support your local businesses. Please stay safe. Stay in your house. Um, Thank you so much for having me on this show. This was really fun. Absolutely. Because, you know, the mission of Gigglist is to showcase all these people who lost essentially their showcases, you know. Um, I think that it's very important for us as communities to come together. And, you know, and my other, one of my last questions to you is, because I have a few left, one of my last questions is, as a member in this, you know, North Jersey music community, have you seen the community coming together? Have you seen genres mixing? I would say, yeah, a lot of collaborations I've seen. It's really awesome. I think it, I think it is bringing the world together as artists, you know? Right. Especially how are, what are some ways that you've seen? Well, just on TV, I could give you an example right off the top of my head. Like, I know Lady Gaga is doing a lot, like um, curating we stand. concert. That's, that's a really great one that I, I've seen. Um, people are just playing music in their houses and, you know, putting them on, like, all together, like a Zoom, but I don't know, acapella, you know that app, acapella, people have been yes. doing those. I mean, I've gotten so many messages recently saying, like, oh, do you want to collaborate? I've never gotten that before. before. Really? So you're, <laughs> so more people are reaching out to you? Right. And I think it's just because more people have more time and they want to create. Right. So what's the most interesting thing you've been asked to be coll- to collaborate with so far? I think a SoundCloud rapper asked me to do something. Uh, he hasn't followed up, but like, I, I'm interested. To do, like do some <laughs> piano, then do some beats, like some vocal. old school. I think some vocals on that. <laughs> oh, vocals, not piano. I think there's, yeah. why not both? Can you do both? Can you sing and play piano at the same time? Yes, and I do. I, I'm doing live streams on Saturday. So if you're around on Saturday nights, I usually do it like nine o'clock. I'll play a bunch of covers and, you know, sing. <laughs> you take requests? I do. Just let me know. Excellent. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Songs, though. Like to sing them. Like I can play songs, but singing them is a little bit different. <laughs> right. So 
that's so great that people are reaching out to you to collaborate and that there's actually been a, a resurgence of collaboration and community and also that people are just wanting to, you know, cross interdisciplinary, like different genres, different uh, backgrounds, different people doing musical things, just wanting to be like, oh, hey, let's uh, get together and collaborate. That's excellent. I'm so excited for you. And I'm excited to see what projects come out of that. Thank you. And my last, last question, and this one's going to be a little bit more introspective. And I think it's the first person I've asked this to on Gigless. But, at, you know, you're young, you're 22 years old. In the future, when you, because you're going to have your master's, how are you going to tell the new generations, how are you going to tell this story about this time to creatives? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I think I'm... I'll probably say, you know, I was in grad school when this all happened and I had to make the transition very, very quickly. And I was working as a student and I had to transition with my job very, very quickly and we made it happen. And how are you, what, what would be your advice? So when everything is, you know, new and improved, what would be your advice to the youngins of that, of that year in the future? What would be your advice to them to be grateful for what you have now? Be grateful, be resourceful, um, get to know your technology really well. And that's important. This is like, it sounds silly, but it's really important to know all the technology that you have and like what it can actually do. Right. Because anybody can record off a regular interface, you know, uh, as we mentioned earlier, I'm on an iPad and I can record off of um, the, you know, the memos you can record. We're recording the Zoom call right now. And you know, that's such an excellent idea. And also, I think one of the other things we would definitely tell the young kids of the future is, you know, community, especially for the creative community, is so important. Yes. It is so right. important. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, I feel like we're talking to so many different people. And the fact that Zoom is now a thing, it's like, not only are you talking to the people you normally talk to, you're talking to people you don't even know all the time. I know, right? We just met before this whole we thing. We just met. And then, <laughs> and then we made this thing happen. Yeah, I've been meeting so many. I mean, I've met so many more people being in quarantine than I have if I just went out on a normal day. Like, I've met every episode where I have not known that person or maybe I got to know that person more, you know? Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, we became friends on Zoom. Like. This would never happen. Hand hugs. Hand hugs through <laughs> Hand the hugs. screen. Yeah, but definitely. So I think that you've had a lot of great stuff to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I tend to go over my time limit a lot, but it's just such awesome content. And yeah, no, I definitely look forward to seeing where your projects go. And, you know, at the end of this whole thing you know how you're going to evolve as a musician and you know I want to hear you play uh 
the piece by the composer that you're practicing. Yes, that will that will happen. I think I'm gonna record it. And I'll, I'll share be, it with you guys. I will definitely put it in the show notes. Everything that you mentioned, I will put in the show notes. But awesome. yeah, no, thank you so much, Lexi. It was so great having hearing from you and hearing about all your thoughts and what this was so fun. you were experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, allergies, allergies, uh-huh. coughs. But um, stay hydrated out there, guys. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to Gigless. We will be putting Lexi's show notes, all the stuff to find her in the show notes. And yeah, so there you go. Thank you for listening to the Gigless Podcast, hosted by Remy Leibovic and produced by Dane Wagner. The song used for our intro and outro is Beach Walk by Unicorn Heads. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to our social media pages on Instagram at Gigless Podcast and our website, giglesspodcastblog.wordpress.com. There, you can find out more about the artist, contact the host and producer, and find out more about our schedule. Thank you.